Authority link building is a discipline that still seems to bamboozle a lot of PR and comms professionals. I get asked a lot of questions about whether we should do it, how we should do it, and what the major differences are between the approach of PR people and the approach of SEO people. It's very much a case of trying to fuck them on the first date, whereas a PR will wine and dine and you know, build that relationship and charm the person and try, you know, casually try and slip it in on the third date. That's Andy Barr, owner of Ten Yetis. Andy's been working on link building campaigns for 13 years with some notable and very high profile successes. And he's a staunch believer that PR is better placed to drive authority links than SEO. In this episode of the podcast, I ask Andy all about link building from a communications perspective. We cover whether links from social media have an impact on search rankings. There's only a very small benefit as I see it. So the link in your bio on most social media sites will really, really help you. But all the general dross that goes on, there's no SEO value to that. Why SEO agencies can get away with charging significantly more than PR agencies for the same work? If you go to an SEO agency, they're going to wheel in three computer science graduates, all of which have only got a monitor tan. They've not seen sunlight for like three years. And so straight away, when you're in that situation as a client, you're going to sit there and think, fuck me, these know what they're doing. And whether the PR's favourite implied links have any value whatsoever. It's the desperate words of a PR industry that's struggling to maybe justify the fact it gets coverage and not enough follow links. That's all coming up after this. This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. Welcome to the podcast this morning, Mr Andy Barr. Good morning. Thank you very much. We're having a bit of a Gloucestershire takeover, I think, at the moment, because just a couple of weeks ago, we had Rich Leon, who I know uh, used to work for you a few years back. Oh, yeah. He's um, he's like at the dynamic end of PR, though. I'm very much <laughs> at the other end of the spectrum. But uh, yeah, he's he's an absolute worldie at what he does. And his agency is going great guns. I've, you know, obviously, he was one of our first hires. He was a really, a really great guy, did absolutely amazing things for our business. So yeah, big love, big love for, uh, for Rick. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk today specifically about search engine optimization and particularly link building, because I know that there are still an awful lot of questions out there among PR people about link building, specifically how you do it, what's the best type of links to get, some of the tactics, all sorts of stuff. So we're going to cover a, a kind of wide variety of things today. The reason I asked you specifically is I know that you've done quite a lot of work in this area. Yeah, so I guess, you know, I like saying this publicly just for people to sort of shout me down. But I really do think that we were probably the first or one of the first agencies to really get online PR in terms of authority link building to help with SEO. So we were really lucky in that when we started 13 years ago, these campaigns were really in their infancy. And we were kind of at the forefront of that, you know, helping brands go from you know, for example, with my vouch codes who we worked with, we took them from a cold start, you know, with, with no sort of brand recognition through to by the time we finished or six years later, IMRG top 100 brands online. So, yep. so yeah, I, re- I really feel like, you know, uh, as I say, ready to be shot down. But we, we really did a lot of sort of pioneering work in terms of authority link building. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, a lot of respect for you for that, because it's it's an area that, like I say, there's still a lot of confusion about. So let's crack on then. So I've got lots of questions for you about link building and search engine optimization. 
as it relates specifically to PR and communications. So let's crack on. So firstly, then, follow and unfollow links. Does it matter whether as a PR you go and get a follow link or an unfollow link? Well, in the context of coverage, general coverage, no. But in the context of, you know, helping with a search engine optimization strategy, yes. You know, no matter what people say, a follow link is the holy grail. Yeah. And a no follow link doesn't have, you know, any real SEO value. There is that sort of creeping feel that it shows intent to Google. But to be honest, I just think that's bollocks said by desperate (laughs) PRs. You haven't got enough follow links, so there we go. <laughs> I was just going to say, you, I know you have quite strong opinions about implied links, and I do see the odd article pop up from PR people that talks about implied links. Uh, I guess that kind of summarises your response to that. Well, it's just rubbish, isn't it? I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm sure later down the line, you know, Google will factor that or, or give it more heavy importance but but at the minute you know that that's just absolute nonsense it's, a, it's the desperate words of of a pr industry that's struggling to maybe justify the fact it gets coverage and not in a follow link so you know let's let's all jump on the bandwagon and pretend that this is you know valuable you know being honest i've not seen one case study from a you know from a credible seo source yeah you know from the sites that i look at that would back that up so i think no it's all about follow links from you know from as higher domain authority as possible. Yeah, and in your opinion, links are still the absolute king of search engine optimization, effectively. Yeah, yeah, you know, it can tra- it transforms uh, a campaign and we've seen that time and time again where we've got a decent hit of um, authority links into a site. You know, you'll see an initial decent jump in your rankings and then you know and then it will dampen down a little bit but it'll still be higher than where you were before and you know i i I can't stress enough we've seen this day in day out and and it's just the greatest way or the the quickest way i guess to improve your rankings yeah so so when it comes to gaining those links from authority sites what sort of tactics have you used or do you use to make that job a bit easier because it's not simply a case of I don't know, firing out a bit of news and hoping that it's going to be covered and hey-ho, there's your link sort of thing, is it? No, I mean, being honest, it was obviously a lot easier to do authority link building, you know, 5, 10, 13 years ago when we first started because I don't think media outlets really understood at that point the the value of a link that they were putting out, you know, to to a client site. But the difference, the difficulties, they all do understand that now and they know, yeah. you know, they, they know the value of what they're doing. But in terms of how, you know, how can you give yourself a good, you know, a better chance of getting those links? Well, it, it comes back to PR 101. And this is why I think PRs are the best at authority link building compared to SEO people is just being able to tell a story and making sure that the natural part of that story is that the, the journalist has to link to your site in order to tell a story properly. So, you know, it, for me, it's, it's quite straightforward in, in, in what you need to do. Obviously, the, the big issue is coming up with a decent golden angle. And I think that's, you know, the issue that, that everyone struggles with, you know, ourselves alone. It's not, you know, we paint a picture that it's easy. It's not, you know, you need to have good, strong, creative ideas um, and, you know, quirky ideas. Uh, and again, that's why I, you know, I think that PRs are, are the best at doing that. Yeah, and I've worked with SEO agencies for a, oh, a number of years now. I remember going back maybe five or six years ago, um, I had a client with the agency I was working with at the time, and they had a separate SEO agency. But there was a very obvious clash between the sort of tactics that were being used and 
the titles that were being focused on, but they very much focus on creative things to do in order to get the link. So they would have, I don't know, at the time infographics were big, so they would be producing these infographics or they might have videos or little microsites, all sorts of things that were far more creative than what the PR company was doing. They were At the end of the day, they were trying to achieve the same thing almost. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really difficult to sort of explain. My, my own, uh, you know, and we've worked with some fantastic SEO agencies and I don't want to tar them all with, you know, with one brush. We've worked with people, you know, like Bronco and who, who are a great SEO agency up in Leeds and really know what they're doing. Sorry, Ripon. And uh, and then, you know, other people like Built Visible and, and things like that, you know, they really are at the forefront, branded three, you know, they're really, really strong. But yep. the, the thing that I think is different with, you know, SEO, SEO agencies that aren't at that level, and this thing I talk about quite a lot is that the difference between PRs and an SEO is that an SEO basically goes in brute force with a journalist, kind of asks for the link, you know, it's very much a case of trying to fuck them on the first date whereas a PR will a PR will sort of wine and dine and you know build that relationship and charm the person and try, you know casually try and slip it in on the third date so I think I think I think that's you know the difference I think we are far more more well tuned for building that relationship because it's what we've done since day one yeah whereas SEOs maybe don't get that the amount of emails that I get sent you know, from my journalist friends that are like, oh my God, look at what this SEO agency said. Yeah. And and really, you know, it's really crude. And they've just gone in and said, oh, I've seen you've written an article about X, Y, Z. You know, our client does that as well. Yeah. How much would it cost, you know, for us to have a link? And you're just like, you just die inside, don't you? Yeah. That, that journalists starting to think that this is the actual PR approach. And it's not, it's just... You know, it's just a totally different sector trying to trying to get these links. Yeah, absolutely. And as a blogger, I get these things all the time. And I'm sure everyone who runs a blog does. And you can spot them a mile off that the SEO approaches. And I mean, I just ignore these things now. I don't even I don't even read them almost. You know, you open it and realize it's that and close it and away it goes. So it, I, I, how they create results with that sort of stuff, I don't know. But when it comes to how PR and SEO people are similar and different, what are your views on where the crossovers are and where it's easy to draw a distinction? Well, I think I, I think I, I don't want to um, just you know just hammer SEOs. What they do is is fantastic, especially their technical ability yes. to spot an issue, make a slight tweak, and then all of a sudden the site's you know out of its um, dampening and it's flying. You know, so that what they do is is absolutely phenomenal, and I will never pretend that I can understand the full technical intricacies of, you know, of on-page SEO analysis and things like that. I can spot the basics, but, you know, the things that they can do is different. And one of the things that I think where I really love working with um, SEO agencies is where they kind of give PRs that strategic guidance. So they'll say like, right, we've done a competitor analysis against, say, you know, five other websites um, in, in our client sector, and they've got links from XYZ that we haven't. Can you go off and get those? You know, as a PR, this makes me sound really sad, but I am, an, I am old. But I love that. I love the challenge of someone saying, actually, go and get a link. I think one of the most famous ones we had is something like lawyer.com, a competitor, you know, want, had a link there and the client wanted one there. Right or um, Law Society, I think it was, or maybe Legal Gazette or something. You know, the, the fact that you then have that challenge to go and do it is, you know, is really exciting as a, as a PR. And it's not just that, just go out and get 100 links a month, which obviously, you know, every PR agency has been tasked with at some point yeah, in their life, yeah. which is painful. Having that strategic guidance from an SEO 
agency is is fantastic and it and when you work together really closely the results you know the results are amazing yeah absolutely i, I mean i agree with you i think the two work hand in hand so well together and it's it's almost a shame that there is this competition because you know if, if pr did what pr is good at and seo did what seo is good at you'd have you know a pretty formidable team i think yeah and i think and prs you know we need to understand that seos have the budget you know all those years ago that seo agencies used to go off and buy links and i'm sure they don't do that now because that's very naughty but um <laughs> you know all those years ago the seos used to go and buy links and they had big budgets for buying links that's now getting transferred into you know the pr department's budget because we're going to earn those links because you know it's too risky for for seos to to go off and buy you know 20 da 50 links a month and things yeah. like that we can go out and earn them so so you know we need to we need to understand prs need to understand where we are in the food chain you know we're part of the overall marketing mix but we very much you know are, are a hugely powerful tool for for seo people and, and i think that's why we're you know creeping into seo budgets a lot more now certainly you know probably 60 70 percent of the briefs that have come in for us in the last two three years it's an seo department that we're reporting into it's an seo budget that we're spending and uh, when it comes to that it's a question i had for you specifically on on billing and and how much seos bill for link building compared to how much a pr might bill for link building because my opinion is there is a massive variance in those yeah i think uh, certainly over the last year or so i've seen some of the seo agency pitches for for essentially authority link building campaigns yeah. and they are crazy expensive yeah. uh, you know but but does that also mean that maybe prs and you know we're undervaluing ourselves, yeah absolutely which, which we do because we always have this crisis of confidence you know there's not there's not a week goes by where i don't read something from you know our industry gods like you know like wads and, and sarah hall that's about trying to justify our existence a bit more and and, and you know what they're, they're exactly right to say yeah. that you know and i'm never gonna i'm never gonna disagree with that but i think that if you look further down the line so you've got the very top end of our industry leaders saying that you know that we need to justify our existence uh, you know a bit more and be seen as a management discipline and be at c-suite level but the reality is when you drill down to you know the lower end including myself <laughs> you kind of think well maybe maybe it's just that we don't you know we don't have the confidence to pitch our pricing level at you know something that a technical seo agency would and why do you think that is i mean apart from the confidence thing how do you think an seo agency justifies the the fees that they would charge compared to how a pr would charge so much less well it comes back to all that stuff that that wads and, and sarah hall and you know our industry leaders are talking about you know people just maybe look at prs in a slightly different light with not quite as much respect you know because right. it doesn't have that area where you know you need to have a degree to start whereas if you go to an seo agency they're, they're going to wheel in you know three computer science graduates all of which have only got a monitor tan they've not seen sunlight for like three years <laughs> you know they're gonna they're gonna wheel in someone with a phd in god knows what and so straight away, when you're in that situation as a client, because don't forget, I've worked in-house for some of the biggest companies in the world. And I've sat in those 
pitches on the other side of the table, you're going to sit there and think, fuck me, these know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, whereas the reality is, is they're probably fantastic at their job, but, um, you know, the relationship side of it's always difficult. So I think, yeah, they wheel in all of these sort of big computer science heavy hitters and you just think, yeah, yeah, I need to pay the money for this. Whereas, you know, I wheel in with my slightly uh, farmer accent and pitched my idea, some of which are hugely weird. And they're just like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. So may, maybe that's it. Oh, I need to up my game. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You need to go on addiction course or something. Yeah, that's it. My name's Helen Madden. I'm founder and director of Madden PR. There's several reasons that I find being a member really valuable. It gives me access to very quick training that's really cost effective and really current, which is so essential for the work that I'm doing in terms of social media and digital. It gives me access to other people in my industry in terms of being able to use them as sounding boards. And then also in terms of just making sure that I'm on top of the hot topics of the industry. The Digital Download Membership Scheme gives you on-demand advice, support and coaching when you need it. With exclusive online training, video Q&As with topic experts and a members-only network to discuss all of the latest developments, it gives you the confidence and the peace of mind you need to succeed in digital communications. For full details of the membership scheme, visit paulsutton.co forward slash members. So going back to something you said about buying links there. Yeah. Uh, a question I get asked a lot is how does Google know whether you have bought a link or not? Well, they've obviously got their own algorithms to that, that look at links and try and spot trends where um, links could have come from. They, you know, they know the the spammy sites that you know that a link can be bought from. They're notoriously not sneaky. Uh, no, sneaky is the wrong word. Diligent. That's probably a lot more professional. You know, they <laughs> they absolutely wiped out a couple of big sites by posing. I, I do I need to caveat this allegedly, but this is the word on the street. They went onto a blog network platform, so it connects brands to bloggers. And on, on that platform, you could you know go and ask for whatever content you wanted, and, and also ask for links and right. uh, you know and pay for links, and that's naughty. Uh, so the word on the street is that Google actually set up a fake account on there, posing as a blogger or whatever. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. And um, and then they allegedly nuked that platform and every brand, <laughs> every brand that had used it. So one of yeah, our yeah. clients many years ago, not not through us, we would never have, uh, we didn't know that they were doing it and we wouldn't suggest anyone does take that approach. But they did it and uh, they were on that platform and their site got nuked, you know, within days of, you know, of Google allegedly being on that blog platform. So, you know, so that, but, but fair play to them, you know, that, that I, I think that's really cool. There's nothing worse than if you are a brand and you're trying to rank and you're, you're doing everything really white hat, really ethical. And then all of a sudden a spammer comes in that's bought, you know, thousands and thousands of links and their sites ranking and you can see that they bought links and all their links are toxic, but the sheer volume gets them to the top. And then they do get nuked and they just flip that equity into another domain. This is no secret. Uh, we've worked with pretty much every major voucher code brand in the UK in the last sort of 13 years. And I know, I, you know, I personally know that sector really, really well. And that's a sector where it is toxic. It is toxic as fuck. Well. Some of the domains that are ranking should in no way be ranking. Right. But when you drill into it, you know, they've got 
you know, 10,000 dodgy links coming into them. Google spots it, but it takes them three months, yeah. by which time, you know, they're doing 10, 20 grand a day. They, they just flip all that equity into another spam domain. So quite, quite right. And Google's a bit, you know, very negative and very wary about affiliate sites. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really care because it's, you know, it's a bit of a wild west sector. But at the other end of the spectrum, obviously, there was a big outcry a few years ago, you know, when it came to pensions rankings and pensions providers. Right. Again, there was a lot of spam sites actually outranking government information websites. And someone in the UK Parliament brought this up publicly and then shot horror within three months. That whole sector was cleared up on Google. The government was back ranking number one and all these spam sites had got new. So it's clear that, you know, when they want to, they can go into a sector and absolutely clear it out, but where, you know, where they're not really that interested because they see it as toxic or a bit of a shit area to be in, they just just leave it be. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Over the years, I've worked with a number of clients who have been banned, you know, shot off Google, basically. Yeah, manual penalty. Yeah, absolutely. Because of, you know, poor link building strategies that have happened several years ago by by what they were saying. I mean, one of the big examples you hear about is Interflora. Yeah, yeah. And they were a client of mine, you know, after the time that they'd received this penalty. And they were so wary about any sort of link building activity whatsoever. And it's not surprising because if Google's going to hit you, you're off Google for what, six, nine, 12 months? Yeah, there's a few famous cases. And Interflora is probably the most recent big one. But obviously, back in the day, BMW got caught using, allegedly, should I say, <laughs> allegedly got caught using uh, white font on a white background. Right. To, yeah, yeah. You know, to keyword stuff. But that was a long, long time ago. And they got nuked for, for a bit. But I think the Interflora story is quite interesting. And I kind of have a, a weird perspective on it. So I used to own, well, I still do own a domain called best infographic and basically i just allowed people to uh, upload their really dull infographics so they <laughs> right. could go back to the client and pretend they've got coverage okay. and, and i said you know and if you wanted it up within 24 hours you pay 25 quid or whatever <laughs> it's just a very low level i am a scouser uh, money making <laughs> website um, but it worked really well and i remember on the thursday into flora's then it might have been an overseas outreach team got in touch and, and said yeah we want to pay to put this up within 24 hours this is on the thursday and then on the monday they another agency rang it was like take this down take this down right now <laughs> and when i looked at it i could see that obviously they got hit with it was a local paper thing wasn't it that was the it was the thing that did them they, they they paid something to an agency where it got spun across you know seven the same story got spun across 70 or 80 sites right and, and as i understand it from from chatting to people in the industry interflora warned before but they had a false belief that they were too big to be taken out of google but google's got a, you know a long-term memory and will come and get you yeah you know it, essentially if you remember there was a big legal case i think it was two years before between marks and spencers and interflora around brand bidding on ppc okay and it was i think it was like the test case in the uk and whatever interflora said has clearly stayed in google's mind because they knew them just before valentine's day yes. and that is <laughs> i can't even imagine how much money they lost absolutely absolutely yeah let's move on from that before we do get into trouble yeah, uh, yeah. okay Looking at social media then, again, a question I get asked time and time and time again is about the value of links to sites through social media platforms and whether there is any value and how you optimize your uh, social media profiles for search and all of that sort of stuff. Well, 
No. <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's only a very small benefit as I see it. So the link in your bio on most social media sites will really, really help you. But all the general dross that goes on, you know, when people are putting the boot into third rate rail companies and link into whatever you know there's no seo value to that you know maybe it's social people clutching at straws of trying to prove their value will you know will say well actually you know this link got shared x amount of times you know that's great it's a nice vanity metric you know if you've got google goals set up and you can track what sales have come from that that's absolutely brilliant but in terms of just flat seo value no there's you know there's no value from all these links floating around in the main sections of social sites it's all you know i think the only small value comes from the link in the bio section and you know that that that's it really i think there's a bit of a misconception around this area because when you see correlation studies about what the ranking factors are that influence high search results social tends to be at the top of those but people misconstrue that correlation as causation and i think that causes a lot of problems it makes sense to me that if if a site is having a lot of uh, its articles or blogs or whatever it is being shared around a lot on social, there would be a correlation between a site that ranks highly because it means that, in theory, there's a lot of traffic going to that site, a lot of people on it reading stuff, which Google loves. But it doesn't mean that those that sharing activity is actually causing that ranking. That makes sense. Yeah, it goes. I guess also it, it impacts because if you if you're having a lot of a lot of shares and a lot of traffic coming from social media and the people who are coming hang around on the site and the bounce rate, you know, stays low, then obviously that's a good what Google would see as a good indicator that that site is a trusted source and yeah. that you know and that's what they're looking for, isn't it? They wanna they want anyone who asks a question to get to the answer that they want as quickly as they can. So, yeah, if you if you kick over a hundred thousand people from a, a really hot article on you know on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, and and they hang around the site for for a couple of minutes and and are reading it, then then yeah, you know that is a really good indicator. But you know, I, I always go to people like Search Metrics, you know, and look. They do an annual ranking factors study, and you know, it is it's links, page load, you know, good on page optimization, getting a thousand shares on on Facebook or, or Twitter or something. You know, I don't think necessarily is as powerful as as those other factors. No, absolutely. When it comes to the tools that you use as a PR person, so what what's your kind of toolkit that PR people specifically should be aware of and can go out and use at not too high expense? I always look at it as like, you know, when you get up in the morning and go for your morning toilet, what are the things you're looking at on the loo? And for me, I always check coverage reports and then AHREFs because I like to look at the whether, you know, client rankings have moved. Sanitycheck.io, which is a really, really handy tool that not only, you know, monitors your rankings, but also gives you content suggestions. So it kind of looks at where you are ranking, say, page two for a couple of keywords and gives you suggestions as to what you could do to take that to page one or the kind of content you should be writing to take those keywords to page one. So those are the sort of main three. But then then on, on top of that sort of day to day, you know, I'm a big fan of things like Buzzsumo, yeah. where you can get angle and content ideas by just having a look and seeing what's the most shared pieces of content you know around particular industry terms and things like that so you know that's a really handy tool to have and and you know there's loads of tools that 
that we use, I don't know, you know, like Daryl Wilcox's response source, yep. Meltwater, really, really strong platform, Meltwater. But I've just found myself over the last two years, especially loving it so much. You know, when you're coming up to a pitch and you need to do competitive yeah. or existing yeah. coverage, you know, checks. Whitewater is a fantastic tool for that and, and competitor analysis. So, so, you know, they're, they're probably, you know, they're probably the core. Uh, and then, you know, on a, on a sort of daily basis, the team are using things like moz.com for, you know, looking at domain authorities, checking for follow, no follow links, and doing a bit more, you know, link analysis. You know, so they're, they're probably the mainstream tools that we use day in, day out. Yeah, great. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I think we're about done. We're about out of time. I mean, there's so much to this topic, but we're about out of time. So thank you very much for coming on today and spending a bit of time talking through that. Where can people get hold of you if they would like to follow up with you on this stuff? Uh, at Tenyetis on Twitter is probably, you know, it's probably where where I am the most, as everyone knows. If you ever bored and need a really uh, dull gift come to me <laughs> and i'll help you out but you know uh, I, my email is just andy at tenyetis.co.uk and uh, i'm more than willing to have chats with people and help out you know we do you know we, for example we have a, a three-month internship program if anyone's looking to get work experience and things like that so it's a great time to work in pr at the minute it's so exciting and with the blurring between seo social media and pr I feel it's like nearly complete yeah, now and, yeah. and it and it is it's super exciting. We've just done you should keep an eye out, we've just done some fantastic gaming of uh, Facebook with some dodgy ads, which I'm I'm about to write up into a case okay. study. And that, that's one to look out for because I think it will be quite funny when when people see what some other people are doing to try and game the Facebook ad algorithm. It's good fun. Yeah, lovely. Okay, well thank you very much again. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Big fan. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Google Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've got any ideas for future topics you'd like to see covered or people you'd like to hear from, contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton. Thank you for listening.